Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello everyone and welcome to Bouncing Back, the Personal Resilience Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. So we're talking about self-esteem today. Self-esteem is seen as how we value ourselves and how we perceive ourselves in terms of what the things that we do and the beliefs that we have. Um, it can be difficult to change because it's based on our own opinions, but we also like to see self-confidence as being similar to what self-esteem is. And I have no idea if I am right or wrong because I know that I am definitely not the expert to help me um, talk about this today is Irina Gregorian, and she's here as a coach, a mentor, a counseling hypnotist, an NLP master, and a clinical hypnotherapist. So hi, Irina. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, that's correct. Um, That's correct. You managed to (laughs) go through all these uh, names that probably doesn't uh, sound familiar to many people. Yes, I think it's very interesting. It's a very new thing for me to hear a counseling hypnotist as being um, as being a career path. Right. Yeah. Um, That's just if you take it separately, it's not a career path. It's Mm -hmm. just descriptively uh, gives uh, a person who understands what that means mm-hmm. uh, gives them some ideas of the tools that I'm using when I work with people. But to be honest, uh, I think it's not important at all mm-hmm. which tools do you, uh, any therapist uses mm-hmm. um, or, or coach or mentor. Uh, what uh, I, I think what, what's rather important is the result, don't you think, Tina? Yes, no. I yes. think we spoke about this before recording yes. as well, and I think it's really important to know the end result for anyone, especially if it's a current patient or a future patient. I think it's very interesting. Right. I, I would important. I would call them rather clients than patients because okay. I'm not a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, psychiatrists are doctors and they treat uh, mental illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I address is a rather inner discomfort. Okay. Uh, no matter how big mm-hmm. that inner discomfort is whether that is post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. or phobia or maybe it was just a breakup mm-hmm. yeah. um, which could be very very traumatic as well you know yes. and when a person comes with very difficult negative feelings mm-hmm. and then leave smiling mm-hmm. that's the biggest reward yes. for me as a as a um, I should say therapist, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, for me, it's very important to 
know the aspects as to what kind of therapy that you do go through. So to begin with, why did you start sort of going into the career path and going into the field of Mm. therapy and also counselling as well? Yeah, I would never ever thought Hmm. that I'm going to end up in this field. Never ever because Mm -hmm. I... um, started as an electronics engineer, believe it or not. Wow. And then I um, went into a different area of international marketing business, mm-hmm. um, etc. I was very, very curious of how this world operates mm-hmm. financially and uh, economically and how people um, interact in the world. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that doesn't matter how much, how many times or how intensively you coach somebody mm-hmm. uh, who, uh, and I mean marketing coaching, mm-hmm. uh, doing marketing projects, helping uh, some uh, people to get their businesses up and running. Mm-hmm. or something of that sort. And um, I just realized that you, when you appeal to the logic of the person, to the, what we are calling a conscious mind, mm-hmm. it's absolutely not enough mm-hmm. because um, as I don't know how they measured that, by the way, uh, they say that only 5% of your mind of your psyche is uh, your logical mind, something that you are actually aware of. And uh, this huge 95%, I don't know if it's uh, 95 or 94 and a half, it doesn't matter. What matters is that it's so much more, such, such a big amount of unconscious, big meaning deeper, uh, more uh, actually, I'll explain it later yeah. rather than now, yeah, how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your unconscious is so much faster and it processes so much more data, like billion times more than your conscious mind. Mm-hmm. And we are just not aware of it. And all our um, habits all our um, uh, patterns, Mm -hmm. everything that we do habitually or everything that all automatic thoughts, Mm -hmm. they all come from the unconscious. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to address that rather than your logical mind. And when this underlying uh, layer, I should say, yeah. <laughs> underlying layer, right? When it's addressed in the right way, mm-hmm. so it changes everything for the person. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it so many times when somebody comes, for example, and just says, okay, I don't sleep well. That's my issue. Can mm-hmm. you help me? We don't talk about sleep. We don't talk about how you should position your bed or what should you do before you go to bed. Mm -hmm. It's not about the routine, although it's very helpful as well. But I would rather look at the content of the head of that person Mm -hmm. 
what's going on for this person mm-hmm. in in their lives and um, what keeps this person awake yeah. and it's not obvious straight away uh, so with this particular person that I'm talking about now he came with um, this issue of I can't sleep well yeah and we end up uh, just removing his post-traumatic stress disorder also there's a lot more underlying oh, absolutely than, okay. yes um, any issue any presenting issue has a story mm-hmm. and uh, when you address that yeah uh, it's a life-changing experience for many, many people. So how important is it to sort of address what's in your mind and what what subconscious thoughts that you have? crucial. It's absolutely crucial Uh, because uh, if you think of all these little instances that Mm -hmm. we still keep uh, deep inside, yeah, they are some problems that uh, were never resolved. That's what they are. And they are like outdated apps in your phone or in your computer. They just drain the battery. And if you have quite a few of those, then no wonder that you're not functioning properly. Uh, And why is that happening? Because, you know, all these unhelpful feelings they are perceived by your unconscious as a threat Mm -hmm. to your survival and our reptilian mind our ancient mind deep inside Mm -hmm. um, it makes sure uh, that we survive so what it does it changes the physiology yeah yeah so it sends all this blood into your muscles and into your head, preparing you for fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So cortisol is being released in the bloodstream, mm-hmm. which is um, a hormone of stress. And your blood pressure goes up. Uh, many other physiological things are happening and when uh, you are in this state, your immune system goes down so you are more susceptible to um, any illness. Mm -hmm. Uh, And actually being for a very short period of time Mm -hmm. in this fight or flight, it's okay. But when you are in this state of anxiety, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you are in this state for weeks or months or some people even for years, mm-hmm. then they have very little chance to stay healthy mm-hmm. and to perform because they are being drained, mm-hmm. no energy. The battery is getting flatter and flatter. Yeah, yeah. yeah? That's what it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important. Okay, well, that's it's amazing just how important, how um, influential every part of your body yes. it is, and how um, if you don't address what's in your mind, then it affects everything. Absolutely, yeah. 
So before we really get started, we'd love to go through a little icebreaker, a little get to know you before we talk about um, the topic today. Okay. So just say the first thing that sort of comes to your mind when I say these different phrases. Um, so the first one is a favorite book of yours. I don't know about favorite, but this is something that I started now to read and it seems absolutely in sync with today's topic and mm-hmm. it's called anti, uh, Anti-Fragile. That is by uh, a contemporary thinker, one of the brightest uh, thinkers of our time and his name is Nazim Taleb. Okay. Yeah, he's an American, but I think Lebanese-born American um, writer. Okay. Uh, so uh, this concept of anti-fragile, mm-hmm. he, he introduced that concept lately. Uh, and what that is, this is something beyond resilience. Mm-hmm. Because I know... I know uh, the topic of our today's conversation and uh, yeah, we spoke about it before mm-hmm. it's going to be resilience I know yeah. <laughs> so and I thought straight away when I heard resilience I thought gee it's a bit outdated now yes <laughs> resilience is when you know it's a law of nature yeah and you uh, strive to survive that's what resilience is, right? Yeah. So by, uh, I don't know, any plants, any animals, any living organism needs to be resilient mm-hmm. to survive. Yes. Yeah, but we are talking about prosperity here. Yes, that's true. And I think, yeah, especially yeah. when it comes to the idea of being fragile and the whole... Yes. Um, I think ideology of what it means to be when someone calls you fragile or you're in a fragile state, for example, I think yes. people misuse that word in so many different yes. ways because they say anything can be tra- fragile. You can be soft. You can be too soft. You can be right. too hard and that kind of thing. So I think. Yeah. Semantical words. This is an absolutely different topic and I can talk about it for another two days. Oh, trust but me. But so I <laughs> just remembered that the question was <laughs> about my favorite book. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it's Don't the reason know, why. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The next one is a favorite movie of yours. Can I just say blank? Okay. And yeah, I don't have one. Okay, perfect. Um, How about, do you have a favorite podcast? Oh, it's definitely your podcast now because I'm in it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yes. (laughs) How about a famous role model that you have? Oh, that would be Cleopatra. Okay. Okay, I can see why. I I can totally understand that. Yes. I think she has a lot of huge values and the way that she persists through a lot of different circumstances i think yeah beauty wisdom yeah many abilities um absolutely a remarkable woman yeah i think yeah. she's very um yeah she's she's very interesting to research and to look into and if oh, you haven't absolutely. looked into her go and look into her a little bit more because there's a lot of things that she goes through that she's just persists through all of them and i think it's very it's very fascinating to me 
It is. Yeah. It is. So, so is to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agree. <laughs> Absolutely agree. Yeah. And the last one is a favorite course that you've completed. Oh, that's a absolutely um, a question yeah, which is impossible to answer. Okay. That would be so many, and I can't pick one because they all um, gave me something really valuable. Mm-hmm. And if they were really useless, I would leave them, and I won't just uh, you know push through. Yeah, no, I can not, understand that. Not worth it, yeah, not worth it. <laughs> so talking about resili- resilience today mm. and talking about, I mean, the whole show is based on resilience. We're talking about right. different areas of being resilient. Mm. Why, in your opinion, is resilience so important to our lives? Well, as I mentioned before, or <laughs> it's a law of nature, right? You uh, need to, we all need to survive. Mm-hmm. That's our first and primary uh, thing, mm-hmm. survival. Our deep unconscious uh, is not interested, by the way, whether we're happy or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it is doing everything to uh, preserve us, preserve uh, the life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of um, preserve our. Um, existence i should say mm-hmm. that's what it is yeah so it's just basically finding ways in order to um go through everyday life without really focusing on emotion absolutely yes mm-hmm. okay yeah. by the way um emotion um whatever is going on with the person mm-hmm. if that person stays Mm-hmm. In in that um, paradigm, that means it's their comfort zone. Okay. And mm-hmm. the comfort zone, what's interesting about it, doesn't have to be comfortable. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Okay, no, that's very interesting. So yes. And I not, see it all the time. So it's not always a safe space to be in your no. comfort. It's okay. just that what you're familiar with. Okay. So it's not really um, being in content. So you could be completely happy and completely um, comfortable just being in a state where you're going through an emotional stress and that's your constant. I wouldn't say that. Not that you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. No, okay. that, that's not what I meant. You are actually uncomfortable. Okay. You are unhappy, mm-hmm. but you're not doing anything to change it. That's what I meant. Okay. Because this state is familiar and somehow more comfortable Mm -hmm. than you getting up and changing something, doing something that you never done before. Mm -hmm. So that is perceived by your mind as a potential threat. Mm -hmm. What if I won't survive in this new adventure? Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if your logical mind um, what it thinks mm-hmm. it doesn't matter your unconscious is so much more powerful mm-hmm. and it it primarial um thing is to uh, to keep you to keep you from getting harmed in some way mm-hmm. 
So whatever is familiar, it knows, your unconscious mind knows, okay, we survived through this. Mm -hmm. Hence, it's safe. But something that you haven't tried before, you haven't done before. Mm -hmm. Dina, I have a question for you. Yes. When you did this podcast for the for the very first time Mm -hmm. tell me how scared were you oh i was very terrified terrified yes terrified and why is that was somebody standing here promising to kill you or what was so scary tell me i think in a way it was a fear of judgment in terms of myself and not really doing so well in it and not have you been judged before tell me yes yes but you survived you went through yes so it wasn't really fear of judgment it was the fear of new you were doing something new yes i think i think it's yeah actually yes yeah no i think that's a very um Wow, that's a lot, got a lot deeper. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think introducing that idea and I can definitely see how, um, how much it sort of widens your understanding into different things. And I think the first time I did the show, it was very, um, it was kind of like I held myself to a standard where I felt like if I didn't do that level, it was just going to go badly. Mm. And, um, I mean, because it's not a live recording, it was very easy for me to know that I, if I stuff up, I can go back and do it again. Right. But I think even now, sometimes there's still that sort of like, okay, if it's not perfect straight away, it's not going to go well. Like the Here whole we thing. are now. If it's not perfect, mm-hmm. so there is an expectation yes. that we should be perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. And tell me how realistic <laughs> that assumption is oh it's that's very unrealistic very unrealistic yeah and I think it's for me it's very hypocritical for me to say that I need to be perfect because I keep telling the people around me that you don't need to be good at everything you don't need to be perfect at everything again you're talking to your logical mind mm-hmm. you're talking logically to other people yes but your emotion <laughs> yeah yeah your deep unconscious, maybe not so deep as well, and we'll talk about it if you like, uh, levels of unconscious, mm-hmm. it tells you otherwise. Mm-hmm. Why can't you tell me, why can't you just talk to yourself saying, oh, actually, relax, it's fine, I can stuff up and be done with. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work, right? No. No, no. it takes more than that. Yeah. I think especially when it comes to, I mean, we're talking about self-esteem today and I think it really fits in with self-esteem in terms of um, the whole idea of being judged or judging myself or setting myself to a standard. So like the way that I see my self-esteem is very much affected by how my expectations are set. And the idea of my expectations being as high as it is right. being at a professional standard when I'm mm. very much not in a professional mode at the moment. It, for me, um, I definitely have a huge self-esteem problem and I have had that for a very long time. 
Um, Especially when it comes to growing up, like the high school stages Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. still being something that... Okay, then I'll have a different question for you then. Mm -hmm. You probably um, keep a diary um, of... Uh, your appointments mm-hmm. you write down or your do lists mm-hmm. uh, etc what do you write there in your diary do you write um uh, first of all let's let's hear from, okay what, what do you have there um for me i use a time diary so okay. by a certain time yeah. things need to be done yeah and then that's sort of how i set things up mm-hmm. um like it's like okay i have to i have to put it in the planner i don't put in the diary to like make my bed and all these simple things it's right. more just the big things yeah so what's in your planner okay well it's usually um problems yes to solve yes exactly like that's, household things and that's where we start mm-hmm. because almost no one Mm-hmm. puts in a diary they apart from problems their victories yeah mm-hmm. their little or not so little achievements no one puts them yes you can tick off the list something that you've done mm-hmm. but you don't write anything about it in your planner mm-hmm. and guess what when that happens all you see our unconscious is very visual by the way mm-hmm. all you see is problems something that needs to be done mm-hmm. something that probably you uh, skip doing for for some reason mm-hmm. failures as yep. well as problems mm-hmm. and guess what where attention goes energy flows mm-hmm. and that thing grows yeah. i think it definitely hits when um when it's left unticked when there's a yes. time that i didn't get to do that particular task and it but you like, managed to do uh, many other things mm-hmm. quite well yeah even if you managed to come to be in time somewhere Mm-hmm. where it was a bit difficult because of unpredictability of traffic or something mm-hmm. and you managed to be on time mm-hmm. it's a small achievement and it goes unnoticed yeah. or you prepare you you cook dinner mm-hmm. and it was so delicious mm-hmm. yeah it's your success mm-hmm. or you did something else or you did a very good interview and you did really well mm-hmm. and it's your success next time mm-hmm. take a picture of that work that you're really proud of mm-hmm. and put it somewhere visible so your mind looks uh, i mean you're not your mind your eyes of course they look at it and your mind understands oh success victory mm-hmm. i am doing something right mm-hmm instead oh i'm doing something wrong i forgot this oh my god i messed up here i stuffed up there yes it's nice to notice that so you don't do it next time Mm -hmm. but when you put all of your attention 
just to that. Yeah. So your internal compass is um, showing somewhere that it doesn't have to mm-hmm. show. It's 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 kind of a wrong direction, internal direction. You're looking yeah. at the failures. Yeah. It doesn't matter how small or big. No, I know. Yeah. I think yeah. Even if you burnt uh, your breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tend to actually um, get emotional about it. Mm-hmm. But when you do something right, yeah, you kind of, oh, well, yes. And you, it just uh, goes unnoticed. Mm-hmm. But it's for your deeper mind. Mm-hmm. It's very, very important. Mm-hmm. So it understands that there are success mm-hmm. stories. So how does self-esteem go through when it comes to the resilience, when it comes to um, being affected by, being influenced by resilience? Self-esteem, um, it's it's a complex, complex thing because it comes from our uh, conditioning the Mm -hmm. limitations of the mind Mm -hmm. and uh, our mind um, growing up we actually have we get these four levels of limitations so to speak so the very first level of our limitations Mm -hmm. um, it's imposed by our genetics Mm -hmm. and epigenetics epigenetics meaning which genes are gonna uh, actually be activated throughout your life so um, depending on your lifestyle many things Mm -hmm. so genetics and epigenetics that's your first level of uh, conditioning limitations Mm -hmm. that puts some kind of limitations and um, science uh, is telling us uh, sorry uh, telling us now that um, up to 50%, again, I don't know how exactly they measure this percentage, yeah. <laughs> percentages, um, are up to 50% mm-hmm. of um, uh, the hormones that our brain produces, mm-hmm. whether they are hormones of happiness or otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, up to 50% is determined by our genetics. Wow. Only 40% that you can do something about it mm-hmm. and 10% depends on the uh, some um, outside factors, mm-hmm. the environment. Mm-hmm. So is self-esteem sort of like a generational? Uh, no, no, wait. Okay. wait. It okay. was just the first, uh, first level of conditioning. Okay. And then there is another level of conditioning which mm-hmm. we receive. Uh, that is imposed, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, mm-hmm. imposed by the society, mm-hmm. uh, by, could be by the religious, and it doesn't matter if you are religious or not, but you are being born into some kind of religious paradigm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're born to a, for example, you're born in a Christian country, you will see churches everywhere. Mm-hmm. You are kind of in this 
paradigm and it doesn't matter but if you're personally a religious person mm-hmm. and you believe in in christian uh, god or you might be seeing mosques all the time mm-hmm. and hear uh, the prayers etc so um, this social and religious conditioning mm-hmm. we are being born into mm-hmm. or uh, we are raised in the that kind of paradigm uh, and that's that would be another level and another layer of conditioning mm-hmm. uh, and then another level comes the third level of mm-hmm. conditioning it's our ancestral line okay uh, wow. and it's not the same as genetics mm-hmm. it's not the same it's um, what stories uh, did we hear growing up how our parents grandparents behaved how did they relate to each other mm-hmm. yeah how, uh, in what way did they speak about people mm-hmm. about the world etc yeah yeah so that's your ancestral line okay and wait there is more okay well wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is your personal life story mm-hmm. You could have, as a child, for example, you could have been beaten by a dog and it's your story. Mm-hmm. And you could have dealt with it, maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, if yes, you're lucky. If not, then you, you end up with having a dog phobia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being scared of every little puppy. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, so, because um, your brain does uh, performs this wrong pattern ma- match, sorry, pattern match, I mm-hmm. should say. It thinks that if it's a dog, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what kind of dog, must be very dangerous. Because once it was paired, dog mm-hmm. in danger in your mind. So, four levels of conditioning Mm -hmm. and now you're welcome to keep talking about (laughs) (laughs) self-esteem no because i think especially when it comes to when you're talking about the 40 percent that you are able to change yes in the first paradigm yes how much like when talking about self-esteem so that 40 percent is what you're able to train your mind yes in order to take away some of the habits of yes. the self-esteem questions that you always get. Yes. So the rest of it is pretty much set in you in terms of well, conditioned in you. Well, that's what the official science says. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not, uh, I didn't come up with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just telling you uh, what I read about it mm-hmm. in, in the scientific uh, journals, yeah. uh, scientific articles. Yeah. That's what they reckon. And we probably should trust them. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I would trust don't that. Know. But you know what? Um, if we really talk about, I, I, I know it's not about an everyday person, mm-hmm. but people who uh, practice very seriously, for years, mm-hmm. practice um, Kriya Yoga, for example, mm-hmm. 
or vipassana or anything as serious as that, mm-hmm. I see different results there. Okay. So I don't know about this 50%, mm-hmm. but I also understand that an average person, an everyday person, uh, is not re- uh, is not actually prepared mm-hmm. to do uh, to put this hard work. Um, it's not about our everyday life, right? No, no. I yeah. think especially when I, like we talk about um, self-sabotaging um, behaviors. Yes. You talk about things that sort of manipulate your mind and thinking that you're not good enough, like we spoke about a little bit earlier. So what kind of physical or psychological signs are there and that we should be aware of in order to know that, okay, this is a sign of low self-esteem. This is a sign of um, self-sabotage. Well, if you, if you feel bad, mm-hmm. uh, you, you will know that you have yes. low self-esteem, <laughs> right? In any in any context, mm-hmm. in any context, if you feel that you are by default uh, um, not clever enough. Mm-hmm. Not fast enough, no, not slow enough, no, not whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can put any word there. So, in other words, if you feel that you're not as good as other people, mm-hmm. well, then probably, most likely, yeah. you do have low self-esteem. On the other hand, you can't be, you can't compare yourself to all people that are uh, living. Mm-hmm. Uh, on earth because yes there will be many people who are uh, more beautiful clever more clever than you faster stronger absolutely mm-hmm. yes so um, why would you compare yourself yep. with others and this is a serious question mm-hmm. by the way um it's not a rhetorical question I'm asking. Okay. Yeah. Because the answer can be I am comparing myself to know whether I perform how I perform in my profession, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah. Okay. So who are you comparing yourself with? Are you comparing with the industry expert? If you are then why would you feel bad? You're looking up to these people mm-hmm. and instead of feeling bad, you rather go and learn from them if they are industry experts. Mm-hmm. So it's an avenue for improvement. Mm-hmm. If you're comparing yourself with your peers, mm-hmm. well, again, why? What for? Yep. It all drills down to your personal goal. If your goal is to be the best among your friends, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a different kind of setup. And again, why would you? Because there is always an underlying layer. Mm-hmm. 
Why do you want to be the best in, in your circle? If you want to be the best, um, I don't know, therapist, mm -hmm. yeah, go learn from the best people in the world because maybe you want to help as many people as possible. That's yeah. a good goal to have, right? Yeah. Yeah. Again, there is a, a, a little trap there. You can't, uh, in your goal, in your real internal goal, can't be something that is totally about other people. Okay. It has to be a bit of you in it because you're deep unconscious. It's like a little child. Mm -hmm. And a little child can't wish that all the toys go to other kids. Yep. And not to them. Yep. So why do you think, like, when you're talking about children and adults, the way that our minds work, why mm. do you think that we're, we're a lot more self-focused as a kid and then as we get to an older age, yeah. we're so selfless in a way that we're expecting everyone else to do good in terms of, um, and we're comparing ourselves that we're not good enough to a point that when we were a kid, we're very much... Oh, you are generalizing a little bit right now. Um, uh -huh. Let's start with the early ages, stages uh -huh. of life. And it's biology. Uh -huh. That's how, that's human development. Uh -huh. That's how the brain develops. So yes, kids are very, uh, can be, uh, they are, they are self-centered because that's the right way. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how they develop. Yeah. But then then um, it's all conditioning that it's all again low self-esteem uh, plays a big role in the second part what you said uh, you said that when we grow up we tend to um, think that we have to serve others all the time. But you know what if you, don't have if you don't know how to serve yourself mm -hmm. in the right way mm -hmm. this internal balance life balance of give and take will never be correct mm -hmm. and there is no way you can be happy mm -hmm. when this balance is out of balance yes no I, th okay. I think, yeah, for me, it's a really yeah. interesting thing when you're sort of trying to balance what you do for other people and what you do for yourself, because you mm -hmm. either can be seen as self-serving and selfish or seen as too giving. Okay, that's interesting too. So when would you be seen as selfish, you reckon? Give me an example. I think when... Everything, every action that you do is seen to benefit yourself and not really benefit. Is that uh, for the expense of others? I think putting yourself first against others is one So thing. at the expense of somebody else. Yes. That, I agree, that would be very selfish. Mm -hmm. But what if 
you're doing something for yourself mm-hmm. without breaking anybody's boundaries. Is that selfish? I think the way that society gives it and the way it's conditioned in the definition of selfish, I think it can be seen as selfish. Like, for example, if um, your boss came up to you for a job, for a promotion and said that either you or the other person Mm. will get the promotion. If you pick yourself, that would be seen as selfish. But if you pick the other person, Mm. you're taking an opportunity away from yourself. Okay. So if, for example, you have a little kid, Mm -hmm. your little kid, yeah? Mm -hmm. And there is an opportunity to give this kid something that that kid needs. And you are just, what you're doing is you're saying, no, you don't deserve this. Mm -hmm. I'm giving it to the other child. Mm -hmm. This is a bit simplified, I understand. And it will really depend on the context. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there is always, always a good way of dealing with any situation. Mm-hmm. And it will be never, it's a hypothetical scenario mm-hmm. that you, it's not very uh, realistic. Yep. It's not very realistic. On the surface it can be, but it's not up to you mm-hmm. to decide yep. whether you're going to uh, work there or not. And there's another another thing there. Um, why are you working in the environment where the bosses put you in such uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, space? Mm-hmm. What's going on there? Yeah. yeah, maybe because of the it could be the um, the only job that was available, the only and it's up to you, right? Yeah. Does it really happen? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's realistic. I don't know. Depending on on the uh, real situation, because we don't know all other circumstances, and it's difficult to um, talk about something that you don't have all the ingredients. Yes, right? yeah, that's true. So that's why. Um, but the general answer would be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Put this oxygen mask on yourself first Mm -hmm. before you put it to someone else. Because if you won't survive, no one will. These people who depend on you, I mean. And also, you know, when you give, Mm -hmm. you rather give it out of surplus Mm -hmm. of your resources than just when you try to give the last drop of blood that you have (laughs) you know yeah and this is it goes against your survival instinct and that's very yeah it goes against your human nature yeah and how in order to improve someone's self-esteem yes what kind of strategies or what kind of questions would you 
say are the best questions and strategies to give yourself in order to say oh if it's a self-help yeah yeah okay you can only do this much by yourself depending on the complexity Mm -hmm. depending on how many um, unhelpful patterns Mm -hmm. you have right it could be very little it could be a lot but yes you can do a lot by yourself as Mm -hmm. well just becoming aware becoming aware what is the reality because people they tend to um, put the blame on the outside circumstance on other people it's never never the right thing to do Mm -hmm. you start with yourself so and if you are brave enough mm-hmm. to see your pattern why am i doing this why am i all the time why am i volunteering every day to run for coffee for the whole office mm-hmm. it's just me all the time and i volunteer why and if you're brave enough to answer to yourself you don't have to say it out loud just to yourself admit mm-hmm. it that oh because i want people to love me mm-hmm. right but no one loves people who um who don't have these boundaries in place yeah. who are not um who, who don't have this um, sense of um, me mm-hmm. in a good way yeah this inner stamina this inner strength this inner relaxation kind of mm-hmm. you know when i'm sure of myself yeah. although i don't know everything in this life mm-hmm. but i know who i am i know what i want mm-hmm. and sometimes it's very very difficult to know what you really want because all of these layers of conditioning and sometimes you're not even aware is that your wish Mm -hmm. your goal Mm -hmm. or it's your parents maybe or it's something that came from your friends everybody is doing something that means that I kind of go with them and do the same Mm -hmm. yeah is that really what you want to do? And sometimes it's very difficult to get to the bottom of all these things. So uh, if you can't do it yourself, mm-hmm. go to a professional. Yeah. That would be the advice. But yes, you can do a lot by yourself. Okay. First become aware mm-hmm. and ask questions. Yeah. Why am I doing this? And really, if you feel um, inadequate in your profession, maybe, maybe it's true. Maybe you're lacking some skills. Okay, go change it. Yeah? Go get some more knowledge. Rather than sitting there and feeling bad. If it's true. And so... We talk about 
you can do it by yourself. And the strat- some of the strategies. No, not everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But you're talking about like getting the extra help, and in the terms of what you do as like for example the hypnotherapy, how does that sort of work in order to reform one's negative thoughts? Yeah. Um, in hypnotherapy, in hypnosis, we address the unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So what we do, we bypass the logical mind, mm-hmm. which is always busy with some chatter, mind chatter, some negativity, mm-hmm. or some, uh, it analyzes all the time. Mm-hmm. So it gets in a way of uh, what you really want to do. It's similar to, for example, uh, if you're trying to learn a foreign language, mm-hmm and you have the recording of some phrases playing next to you. But instead of focusing on it, you are watching a movie at the same time. Mm -hmm. You're watching a movie, but somehow you expect yourself to learn uh, these phrases Mm -hmm. in a foreign language. So what we do, we switch off that TV First mm-hmm. of all, so you can totally be absorbed in the new learning, whatever that new learning is, mm-hmm. whether you want to learn how to emotionally react on a situation, mm-hmm. for example, yeah, you want to do it differently. Say you, you had this enormous fear of little puppies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you want to unlearn that. And you want to learn to react otherwise. Mm-hmm. But unless you switch off that TV, w- which is your logical mind, yeah. Yeah? always, always in a way. Mm-hmm. So you can't, your attention is not getting absorbed mm-hmm. by the process fully. Okay. Yeah. So how can that sort of undermine the self-esteem in terms of self-esteem? How can that sort of unlearn a lot of the things? Because I know like when you talk about some of the 40% that can be can be changed and that can be improved on, is it more than just working on that 40, 40% or is it just sort of looking into the different, um, looking into what other conditionings sort of take part? For example, like society or religion or culture, does that sort of, is it when you talk about it being turned off and that sort of logic? Oh, no, that it's not being turned off. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not being turned off. It just doesn't stop you mm-hmm. from uh, reaching your goals mm-hmm. because you don't have this extreme fear of something or uh, you don't feel that you are not deserving no religion would impose that you don't deserve something good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we somehow learn it. It's not a matter of switching off something. It's stopping it from uh, overdoing its job, rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. stopping it from being unhelpful. Mm-hmm. Because when we have too, too much of something, it can become very unhelpful and actually perform against us. Yeah. Yeah. So in coming up with the 
hypnotherapy and after sort of the aftercare of that afterwards, how does that sort of help in setting boundaries for like people, for the other relationships that you have? Does that sort of, does it allow you, does it allow the, the uh, clients to sort of set up a little bit more of a boundary when after? When you change, mm-hmm. when your mind changes. Okay. The world changes around you. Okay. So when is it you have easier? new patterns, mm-hmm. new patterns of behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do what you never done before. Yeah. For example, if you're talking about boundaries, first of all, you have to decide for yourself what is it that you do and what is it that you won't do under any circumstance in any given situation. Mm-hmm. And just follow that. They're your boundaries. Okay. There is allow some gray area Mm -hmm. to be a little bit flexible, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. But if you decided, and you should, that you will never ever allow any abuse, Mm -hmm. whether that physical or psychological, Mm -hmm. the first time, first sign you leave that space. So, that works, your boundaries are in place. And if you actually start thinking that, well, this is familiar, I'm comfortable in this abuse because it's familiar, that's what we address. Mm -hmm. That's what we address. Why would you be comfortable in that situation? To have clients somehow gone back into old habits or is it? No. Okay. Once, once um, something is changed, once you develop this new neural passages in, in your brain, mm-hmm. there is no no way you can go back mm-hmm. unless you really, really try hard okay. and develop another pattern. So unless yeah. you put it as a goal, I want to go back, you know, mm-hmm. it w- will never happen, right? So now we're going to go into questions from audiences. We do have quite uh, we had do have a few questions from audience that were sent to us um just in terms of self-esteem mm-hmm. and your work in sort of talking about self-esteem so the first one is how do we acknowledge if we have low self-esteem all this time but don't really realize it anymore because we're so used to it uh, if I understood this question correctly, somebody has very high self-esteem, but is questioning it? Um, so it's someone who has low self-esteem, mm. but doesn't even notice it anymore because it's something oh, in their comfort area. L- low self-esteem. Yeah. So they are, if they're happy, mm-hmm. are they? It sounds like they have just accepted it. I think not happy are or they not. happy? That's another question. So that person needs to ask Mm -hmm. themselves, right? Is that a boy or a girl? How is it? Uh, It's a girl from what Audrey. So it's a girl from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So if Audrey can ask herself, really, Mm -hmm. is she happy when she interacts with people? Mm -hmm. Is she happy in a social 
context mm-hmm. or if she's studying she happy in that environment she happy about what she's doing in life mm-hmm. if the answer is no then what's the reason oh i wanted to study something else and why are you not there oh i'm not good enough for that mm-hmm. you know something like that so if one is actually really uh, familiar with the discomfort within mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you know that's the only way to be because every single person has even if they don't remember consciously their unconscious mind holds memory mm-hmm. about situations where they were really happy even as little kids mm-hmm. even momentarily everybody has that yeah whether they remember or not so the unconscious mind knows the difference okay so the next one is can building strong social support networks help improve self-esteem? Uh, if so, what are some strategies for doing so? Social support. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the quality of that social oh, yeah. circle? Okay. If you're trying to, for example, I don't know, on social media somewhere, mm-hmm. to friend as many people as possible, that's the wrong way mm-hmm. of dealing with that. Yeah, it's it's the quality, not the quantity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you surround yourself with people that are a little bit better than you mm-hmm. in the way that I want to be there as well, mm-hmm. then you will get the qualities providing you are working towards that. Yeah. So how so. important is, so it's very important to have a good social support. It's very good to have people Absolutely. around you. Who, Absolutely. We yeah. are social creatures. Mm-hmm. We are social creatures. It's very important. Social feedback is very important. Mm-hmm. But again, has everything has to be in balance. If my only feedback comes from the outside Mm -hmm. then I'm out of balance in some way Mm -hmm. and as we spoke before uh, when we internally when we don't build internal resources Mm -hmm. then we have no chances it has to be internal and external okay both Mm -hmm. and internal what you do you pay attention to your little successes and big ones, of course, as well, mm-hmm. all the time. You set goals, doesn't matter how big or small. Yeah, even if you want to adopt a puppy and look after, I don't know, it could be that, it could be much bigger, mm-hmm. all sorts of goals. And you go achieve them, put your attention to that, actually look, mm-hmm. look, have pictures mm-hmm. of your success. Okay. Uh, have some visual evidence. Mm-hmm. 
Why do you think all um, athletes, professionals, Olympic heroes, mm -hmm. they usually have all their medals on display somewhere? Self-validation, self I think, in a way. That's visual. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. That's a good reminder for their mind. Mm -hmm. That's my achievement. Mm -hmm. Okay. It has to be visual, has to be emotional. Your mind has to concentrate on that from time to time. Mm -hmm. So by looking at that medal, doesn't have to be an Olympic medal, something, something, probably a photo of your success at work, mm -hmm. little, mm -hmm. even, even a little one, because where tension goes, energy flows, that thing grows. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. So you look at it, it's visual, you remember how it felt when mm -hmm. you were at that moment. Mm -hmm. That's a reminder for your mind. That's what I want to, where I want to be. That's how I want to feel. Mm -hmm. So you train these neural passages. It's very serious. It's very serious. Is that sort of the same, like in a way, it's a kind of a conditioning for your mind as well? You can put it that way. Okay. Yeah. I, I call it uh, developing your mind and building new neural passages, new programs in your mind. Mm -hmm. And then you operate based on that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so the next one is, how do we know when we may need professional support or counselling to address a low self-esteem and in order to build resilience? And what types of interventions are typically recommended? I can't talk to, uh, for others. Mm -hmm. I use my own interventions. Okay. Uh, some things I, I, I just invented, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I see uh, it works uh, as my tool in my hands. It works. Mm -hmm. uh, the tools are based on... Uh, existing, of course, mm -hmm. that I took from various uh, areas okay. of uh, psychotherapy, mm -hmm. um, evidence-based and non-evidence-based. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, I can't um, give general advice, mm -hmm. uh, but maybe just one. Okay. Don't look for the method, mm -hmm. look for the person. So don't look for the instrument, look for the surgeon. Okay. Because any tool can be performed or misperformed, right? And it highly depends on the person who is holding that tool. That's a good way of looking at it, the good yes. way of um, putting it together. Yeah. yeah. And when, when do you want to do that? When you feel like you're ready to change. Mm -hmm. Maybe not so ready, but actually you want to be pushed towards it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Some degree of readiness should be there. Okay. I think yeah. having an open mind would definitely be, would that be one sort of sign of being ready? 
open mind towards what? Towards not towards wanting the change. Would that be, for example, like um, if you're going, if you're in a relationship and your mm. partner notices something in you that's sort of stopping you furthering the relationship, if that kind of intervention takes place, the partner that's being accused of not being completely ready for progressing the relationship, they would have to have some kind of open mind to want to go. Yes, if they have this, um, no one can be pushed Mm -hmm. into therapy or help or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You can't run after somebody and scream, let me help you, let me help you. And this person is just running away Mm -hmm. and you just run even faster. Mm -hmm. It's not happening. It's not, it's not going to work. If that person, at least internally, Mm-hmm. is ready to be helped. It doesn't matter what they say, but internally, if they are actually looking for the right person, right time, right space, mm-hmm. that if that is what you called being an open-minded, then, then yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, then yes. Okay. Um, this moves on to the final section of the show, which is the open mic. It gives you a chance to sort of directly talk with the audience and directly Ah. talk um, about something that you want to share, anything that you are uh, passionate about. doesn't have to do with the topic. Um, Okay. Yeah. Got it. So in the last like five minutes or so. Okay. That's a long time. (laughs) Oh, a couple of minutes. It doesn't even be that long. (laughs) Uh, No, um, depends on on the time. I can can talk, believe me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Non-stop, non-stop. First of all, uh, on on two, two things that I want to mention. Mm-hmm. First of all, if we're talking about seeing me, mm-hmm. uh, then my message would be come as you are. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I see many, many times, I see when clients do come eventually, mm-hmm. first thing that they say, they said they were so scared to come because they didn't know what to talk about, how to describe the problem, what to say. Mm -hmm. And I always say, you don't have to be prepared in any way. Mm -hmm. Come as you are. I'll do all the talking, I promise. Mm -hmm. And we will um, get to the bottom of things. I, again, I can't speak for others because so there are so many rules in the uh, area of counseling or psychotherapy or even psychologists, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. You come there, and first thing that they ask is, "What brought you in?" Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a legitimate question, of course, to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do ask sometimes as well. But when I see that the person is a little bit lost, I won't insist on that question. Okay. So if you just feel this inner discomfort, mm-hmm. but uh, confused, mm-hmm. you don't know what to say. You are actually looking for some kind of clarification, some kind of help. Come as you are. Mm-hmm. 
and um, yeah, you'll be safe. Okay. Another thing, um, on another uh, note, other theme, you asked me, Dina, uh, about my passion and I already touched on that. I said, if you remember, that I do um, do some experiments uh, with some volunteers. Uh, just to, uh, we're looking into the abilities of the unconscious mind, mm-hmm. of deep trance states, what's possible, what's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a very, very interesting demographic there. Mm-hmm. Two of these volunteers, they are, uh, let's uh, na- ask them, um, sorry. Uh, describe them as ordinary people. Okay. And two of them are psychics. Okay. Uh, One is uh, calling uh, herself a shamanic psychic, Mm -hmm. and the other is just a psychic and and a tarot reader and and some other cards reader. Mm -hmm. I was very interested to look into the psychic phenomena uh, through looking into their unconscious and how it performs mm-hmm. in a trance state, in the official trance state. And the more experiments I did with them, the more I come to the conclusion that in these two words that are always put together, psychic phenomena, mm-hmm. the word phenomena is not needed. Okay. So it's very interesting how it works. It's not a phenomena. Mm-hmm. And what they come up with, any other person can do it in trans state. Mm-hmm. And in terms of reading the future, mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's possible because of many, many factors. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know there are many people out there. They're going to tell me they're going to run with tons of evidence. Yeah. I know that. Mm -hmm. But guess what? That's the real hypnotherapy there in work. Mm We have so many possibilities in life. And once you put your attention to one of those, you can be programmed into that. Okay. It's, there is more into it, mm-hmm. uh, but of course it's not the topic of yeah. what we're doing here. I'm just describing the areas of interest. And also I work with, let's call them normal people mm-hmm. okay. in, in these experiments. Mm-hmm. And I find that this ability to go into deep trance, mm-hmm. uh, it can be learned as well. And how helpful, mm-hmm. how helpful that is mm-hmm. for people. Yeah. No, I think that. It's very interesting, I think, the understanding of just going into your 
mind a bit more without anything, without any factors that exactly. can take place and just seeing what your mind is, not anything to do with what society expects or yes. anything like that. For me, it's yes. also very interesting. It's it's something that I love watching videos on and watching um, different understandings and the different ways that your mind yeah. sort of acts and reacts to situations. So yeah, I can definitely see how much of a passion this is for you. And I think I think with a lot of people, especially in resilience, especially on this show, I think yes. a lot of people would find that a huge interest. So if a guest or if um, an audience member would like to get in touch with you, um, is there a way that they are oh, able to? Absolutely. Um, uh, I have a Facebook profile. Mm -hmm. I have a LinkedIn profile just by my name. I have a website, atonht.com.au, atonht.com.au. I have a YouTube channel, but uh, honestly, I have only a handful of videos there because I don't have time okay. uh, to produce them and I don't have helpers to produce these videos because because I, uh, my attention is not quite there, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some of the abilities are in, I show them in this YouTube channel videos, but that's mainly a show, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, you, I don't have to do instant trance. Mm -hmm. Uh, in order to work with somebody, although it's quicker, it's more convenient. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that way. Okay. You don't. It, there's no need to put somebody in trance instantly and momentarily. It can take five minutes. It can take ten minutes if yeah. it's more um, comfortable mm -hmm. for the person. Mm -hmm. No, that's yeah. it's very interesting. I yes. think. Um, I'll definitely have the link to your website and to your LinkedIn uh, in the description yeah, for audiences yes. to get to. Facebook, yeah, yeah. Messenger, I'm available. Uh, I mean, I will respond. Uh, Messenger, LinkedIn, yeah. Uh, I, I don't go into my Instagram. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, I don't know why. Maybe I should. Yeah, well, I'll yeah. definitely have that all down below for audiences because I know there's going to be a lot of interest even in just the research itself it's going to be really interesting to oh, yes, talk yes. about that a bit more um so that's pretty much all that we have time to talk about today uh thank you so much Irina for joining me and for talking about self-esteem and also talking to me a little bit more about how important the brain is and how yes. how much it fits in with every other part of the body um, yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you guys in the next episode. You have been listening to Bouncing Back, the personal resilience science insights podcast produced by the Life Management Science Labs. Listen to episodes from LMSL's 10 Life Management Perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube or other podcasting apps on your smartphone. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it and subscribing to our channel as it helps others find us and us grow to bring you more quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website at pr.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Tia Hama. Thanks for tuning in.